Real estate investing is changing, but there are people evolving and thriving. In this podcast, we'll listen to their stories and hopefully learn from them. I am dedicated to creating a life where I could create multiple passive income and doing something I love along the way. To me, the most important part is doing significant work and create great relationships along the way. For those that want to invest in passive income multifamilies, email me at abio at abiobiestatos.com. My name is Abio Biestatos. I am a real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I want to help you live the real estate life. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. So today I'm excited to have Robert Preston on this show. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. So you are my first RV expert on the show. And so I am also very excited to learn about your business. I had dabbled into a small RV park in Crystal River. Actually did great. I did run into okay. some issues. I thought I could put more RVs on my land, and I found how difficult that could be. Uh, but it, it actually en- ended up being a really good exit for me. And I got a little—I got a quick glimpse what uh, what it is to run an RV park. So I'm, I'm very excited to learn more from you. I want the listeners to know a um, little bit about about you and how you got started in the business and share your experiences. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time. And uh, hopefully connection is going well here. I'm actually in an RV right now. I'm shopping and trying to find more RV parks. So this is my 43-foot motor coach. That is my um, now is an officially a business write-off because it is a commercial vehicle as I'm shopping for more oh, RV parks. Man. But yeah, whole other story. Uh, my backstory is I came from, um, graduated from Clemson University, degree in economics, which basically meant nothing because I went directly into the Marine Corps. And uh, spent um, 15 years as a Marine Corps pot pilot flying the V-22 Osprey. And a couple deployments to Afghanistan. Uh, second deployment in Afghanistan. You know, had some pretty uh, pretty close calls. Let's put it that way. And uh, came out of there with some some major life decisions. And um, you know, not uh, one of the one of the ones was let's find a different w- way to make a living. And um, so just read some books, rich dad, poor dad, typical stuff, looked around and did that, you know, all the way up through 2020 prices started to get ridiculous. Returns started to go down. Competition Robert, was crazy. Robert, let's, uh, you cut off completely with the Wi-Fi. So uh, oh, no. that's uh, all right. We'll edit it though. So let's go back to okay. um, when you graduated from economics. That's where I lost you. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah. Graduated college degree in economics, went in the Marine Corps. Um, was a uh, Osprey pilot for 15 years in the Marine Corps and uh, loved that. Um, but 2013, came back, started getting into the commercial real estate, bought uh, lots of heavy lift, value-add, Class C apartment complexes, um, some pretty pretty major renovations and gut jobs. Uh, did, did well with those, enjoyed it up until around 2020. I started to see the prices, the underwriting, the returns, uh, just simply didn't make sense to me anymore. Um, and uh, subsequently bought bought a motorhome, bought our first RV park, and learned that as a customer and as a as an owner. Um, and then you know, really in 2021, we decided as a company to make a hard pivot and just focus our efforts into RV parks and really take all the things that we had learned, even from the property management perspective, from this deal structure side of it, the debt side of it, and just say, hey, we can we can place that model. Um, on top of RV parks. And and so that's that's what we did and that's what we're doing. That's where we're at now. 
Now I was so so basically you live and breathe your concept. So you you go around in your RV visiting other yep. RVs, and that kind of gives you an edge because uh, now that I think about it, the way you get treated in other RV parks when you park that that kind of you kind of understand how that RV RV park is performing and how yeah know, how comfortable it is for you on your RV. Interesting. I think a lot of investors don't do that. Hundred percent. You know, so two things there. One is that's part of part of our due diligence is I'll probably pretty close either pre-contract or right after contract. If I can get an RV, take the family and go stay a few days and they don't know who I am, what I'm doing. I'm just, you know, that's a due diligence type item. Um, and the second part of it is that's partially why we, you know, made that pivot is like, this is the first asset class as a sponsor that, I can enjoy as a customer too, you know, I'm, I'm typically not going to take the family and go hang out at the, at the, the apartment complex for three or four days, you know, it's just, just not that much fun. Um, so it is, uh, it's a lifestyle choice. It's a return choice, but it's, it's honestly a lot of fun. And, and yeah, uh, I, I like that strategy because it's true. Uh, you know, I, I do tend to travel to a lot of the cities that I have assets in with my family but I don't get to stay in the apartments, you know, it's no. not a vacation place. So yep. it's a really cool strategy and way of looking at your deals. I like that concept. Now Thanks. I saw your portfolio and you said you started in, in 2020 in 2020 buying uh, RV parks. That's how you yeah, our, substantially in the last two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Thank a you. Lot of parks. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of parks. So, so right now we still, we own nine parks in the portfolio and um yeah the first park we bought february 2020 that is the only park we've sold so we sold that in february of 22 a few months ago or this year february of this year of 2022 so that's our first full full cycle deal on that park and um yeah we you know i felt like we had built a pretty good model and reputation from an investor perspective and so there's just a for us there's a ton of opportunity out there and so this that was the time to dump gasoline on the fire and go now um help me understand the difference of rv parks uh, the one that i used to own was they were stationary i didn't okay. i actually did not own the tra- i wouldn't even, they weren't rvs anymore they were stationary uh trailer 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 houses that have been there for years there's you okay you these things away they were going to fall apart on you on you yeah. Yeah. what is the difference of that type of park and an rv park I can understand. What is it that that's yeah. that you're buying? Yeah, great, great question. So I think we start with, let's start with uh, a lot of misperceptions. You know, we think of an RV park or sometimes the word RV park is synonymous with mobile home or manufactured home. And so that is your typical trailer park, quote unquote, trailer park, right? Manufactured housing, they're there, they're long-term living. That is a type of housing. It's a multifamily asset for lack of better words. And so that is not what we're buying. We're buying like the campground, like in the sense of your typical, you know, KOA would be probably your best known type of asset where it is a, you're, you're bringing or driving, pulling your camper. You're probably staying two days, three days. We do have long-term tenants, you know, that pay by the month. Um, but the majority of it, like you're having a campfire, right? So the, our, our name of our investment fund is the campfire fund, right? Cause you know, if you can, if it's the type of place where you're going to hang outside, roast some marshmallows, cook the hot dogs, have a campfire, that's what we're buying. Right. And so, yeah, tons of, tons of differences, but 
that's how I try to paint the picture for everyone as far as, as I look like. Why do you stay away from the other type of investment, uh, the stationary, the, the mobile home? Yeah. I, I actually am not staying away from them. Uh, I would happily still buy, you know, we still, um, right now we still have four mobile home parks, true okay. mobile home parks in our portfolio. We still have four apartment complexes left from the existing portfolio. Um, it is, n- I have no problem with those, but when I can start buying the mobile home parks and the multifamily back in the nine to 12 cap, then I'll start buying. Okay. So yeah. uh, yes, is a lifestyle decision. Yes, I do enjoy them a lot more, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm not going to buy an apartment complex at a two year, the future six cap, and it's an economic decision at this point. Got it. Got it. Um, is it is it easy to add pads onto the to these purchases that you make? Is that part of your business model that you figure out that maybe you can add more pads to your RV? Sure. Is that something that you run into a lot, or or maybe not? Yeah, so it sounds like you got a story behind that. Yeah, I had quite a challenge. It was um, the city just was not cooperative. They didn't want more of that type of product in their city. And I was just yeah. very surprised. I had so much land and I already had an existing uh, a mobile home park and they just would not budge. They were not having it. They just, the neighbors yeah. were against it and it was, it was a challenge. Yeah, you, you've kind of hit one of the major hurdles for us. There is, for some reason, most municipalities um, don't want more RV parks. Even though there's exceeding demand from the customer base, it is, it is somewhat difficult to build a new RV park. And so that makes what we currently own more valuable, of course, because um, at the end of the day, it's, it's pretty easy to build an RV park, right? You get some flat dirt, put some roads in, put some power poles and some water and sewer and you're you're essentially in business there's very little infrastructure or vertical structure there so going back to answer your question yes absolutely that's something we look for and, and try to do and a lot of that is driven county to county state to state and so you know for instance we have some property up in north alabama you know we it's 40 acres and most of it is we're probably using 15 of the acres and that county is very development friendly. And so we were able, we're just finishing up, we're building 20 pads and um, we're adding 20 sites. Sorry. It's a 90 site place. We're adding 20 sites right now. Um, our all in cost for those 20 sites, believe it or not, is only going to be 80 grand in CapEx. Amazing. And they'll rent. <laughs> yeah. And they, they rent for five fifty a month a piece. Oh, so God. it's, it's less than less than a year return of, return on that capex and then not yeah so that is when when you add a pad um is are you any any sewer any water lines or electrical meter what exactly goes into just i i'm i'm trying to envision it i i I can see you're adding a road and a concrete pad or is it gravel is it a concrete or again it depends on the sites this particular one is uh rock road rock Rock. um, pads and sites and then yes, they're full hookups. Uh, so you got a your pedestal, thirty fifty amp, one ten uh, pedestal for the power. Um, city water on that one, and that one is uh, septic systems. So we put in septic systems. So that is, I will admit, that is well below the average cost of a site. But we were able to pull that one off. There. Now, um, do you are you allowed to run multiple pads on one septic system or just one per mm-hmm. pad? Yeah, oh, no, so, that's, that's so much savings. Yeah. Yeah. So it, again, every county state has different engineering parameters, but this one is actually a, 
Uh, how it actually works is there's two commercial size um, septic systems, you know, and so that actually handles uh, and handles ten and ten, so our twenty sites and via via small normal lift stations. I don't want to go into too much of the details, but but yeah, um, pretty easy actually. Now um, it's it's no secret what environment we're in in the market right now. It's it, yep. y'all know we're walking into a recession. I could say I think that we've been in one. Um, yep. I think there is a lag in all the interest rates hikes that that's going on right now. Everything that's happening today, I think we'll see in a couple months in the future. How do you expect your asset to perform? And and I would like to know both assets, like the, the mobile home parks and the RV parks. Uh, what are your expectations, and what are you already seeing? Sure, that's a that's gonna be a long question. So, <laughs> or is a long answer. So when Jeremy and I co-founders of Climb Capital, when we started out investing in commercial real estate, you know, our one of our benchmarks and thesis was to invest into the workforce housing component of it. And the logic there is no matter what the economy is, there's always a demand for that uh, uh, economical living option. And and so as we went into RV parks, that, that still fits the bill. Like it is still the cheapest way to vacation. Um, if we have to make a hard pivot in a, in a really bad economy, we can turn it into essentially a mobile home park where everyone lives there and it becomes a form of you know workforce housing. Um, and so the demand is very high for that in a recession. And so we, we pulled some data and looked back at the 0809 um, area and it was really interesting. The manufacturers of RVs essentially went to zero, right? Those guys took a, took a licking from the sales perspective and dealerships. But, and the RV parks, the occupancy went up and the prices and rates still went up during that time period. And uh, because it is essentially, if you think about it, as the economy compresses from a living, even from a vacation perspective, it is still the most, one of the most economical ways to vacation or live. And, um, and so that's very interesting data for us. We looked at that. And then we look at what is happening right now um, even this summer, you know, gas prices is a common question. What happened when gas prices went to five fifty, six dollars a gallon for diesel? Um, we found out that our occupancy stayed the same, and however, we had a lot of cancellations. And what happened was, as we as we looked at the um, as we looked at the demographics, essentially, right, people who are around the seven hundred fifty mile plus range that are traveling to the park canceled. And then we were quickly rebooked by people who are traveling about 250 miles or less from a local city. And so as an example, a lot of our parks are in the Southeast, you know, Florida, Alabama, Nashville, we would have cancellations from the Minnesota to North Dakota range and then rebook from Birmingham and Huntsville. And so uh, at the end of the day, it had really no net effect on us for, for our revenue. Um, I'm kind of mumbling along here and saying a lot of no, stuff. No, I, no it, it makes it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. So it, it yeah, every market had a different effect on on what's happening. Correct. At the end of the day, we feel like, and it's proven true so far. It proved true at 0809 that essentially, I hate to say it, but we we honestly feel like this is a. a it's really hard to lose on on a RV park if you buy the right park in the right location. In a great economy over the last few years, 
there's a tons of retail customer. The overnight rates have, have gone up significantly from the nightly rate, the vacationers, the sales are booming from the product side of it. And then in the recession, it becomes, again, just a very um, high demand, cheapest way to travel, cheapest way to vacation, cheapest place to live. So You, you, mentioned, you mentioned something, um, location. So when it comes to location, what are the things that you're looking for and what are the deal breakers for you? And yeah, I, I've seen some, I live in, I live in Miami, but I've traveled all throughout sure. Florida. I see that you do have some assets in Florida. Uh, yep. uh, I'm not familiar with the locations that you are in Florida, but what are the, what are the items that are deal breakers for you? It's too close to something or it's not, or uh, yep. what a, give, give me, give me an idea so I can understand what you're looking at. Yeah, great question. Um, and so our deal breakers, let's start there. It's pretty easy. If a park cannot be or is not being run um, year round, right, that they're out for us. And so what that practically means is pretty much anything north of the freezing line. Um, and a great example I would use is like Wyoming. Phenomenal. I would, I love that place. It's absolutely beautiful. Some of the best RVing in the world. And I would love to own a park out there, but it's only usable for six seven months out of the year so that has obviously an economic problem and really it's a staffing problem if i have great property managers and great staff then um then i have to lay them off they're going to find a different job and i got to start that process over and over again so so for us um the parks have to be open year-round which practically means the sun belt so for us it's arizona and east and basically you know nashville tennessee south um then, you know, another deal breaker for us is uh, Texas, Oklahoma kind of region. Um, there are a lot of RV parks, quote unquote RV parks, but they're essentially man camps for oil rigs in, mm. you know, the boom, the boom, boom cities. So again, that's not something we want because that's too dependent on that specific industry and, and that moves very lucrative during the time, but you know, the North Dakota fracking kind of boom type deal. That's, that's not what we're looking for. So the things we are looking for, um, we like them to be pretty close to interstates, interstate exits. Um, obviously that's a lot of travel. And for us, you know, we're targeting specific corridors like the I-10 corridor, um, East West, the 65, I-65 and I-75 corridor between Canada comes right down to my backyard here in Pensacola. You know, the 95, 75 corridor is going down to Miami, Fort Lauderdale. So that is, that's how we're building out our targeting is, is based on those corridors. When it, when it comes to amenities, what type of amenities are you adding or which ones are you trying to, are you staying away from? Like, yeah. I know that, I know when I've seen some RV parks, some of them have pools some of them have yeah lakes and things like that that really are attractive give me an example of amenities for sure. you that it's a must that you if you don't have it you're working to put one on water water is always like you know as an apartment complex owner i hated pools right i didn't want a pool i wanted to find some without pools i don't want to be close to the water i don't yeah. you know, like i don't do yeah. funny but for an rv park like water is just a natural human attraction and so, you know, ideally something with a natural water feature, um, a pond, lake, stream, river, you know, beachfront, et cetera. And then if not, we put a pool in, um, or we do both. Right. So those are, those are by far the best, uh, attraction amenities. Um, believe it or not, Wi-Fi is now 
maybe even number one amenity, if not really close to that. So we, um, you know, one of the first things we'll go in and do is put some, uh, we'll put some really good Wi-Fi. So typically we're, we're trying to get all of our parks to a gigabyte upload, download. I'm not the tech guy, but yeah, we're, we're, we're pulling that, we're pulling that in because the demographic of traveler now expects that we have a lot of work campers. We got a lot of younger um, people who live in that's a lifestyle choice. So those are the two, two target amenities. Is that an extra fee or it's just part of the amenity? You Eventually it becomes monetized. Um, so one part that we've rolled out so far, basically it's free Wi-Fi for standard type. Again, I'm not a tech guy, but you know, emails, text messages, work stuff. If you want to start streaming or gaming, et cetera, then you can buy it by the package by the day, by the week or by the month. And that at that hundred site park, that's actually generating about $600 a month in revenue on that, on that upcharge of the high speed. I got it. Now, um, how hard, or maybe it's easy, uh, is the financing for an RV park? I could tell you my experience was very difficult for a mobile home park. Yeah. Extremely difficult. I, I got a quick reality check on how that market works. Um, yeah. kind of, uh, how, how do you, do you buy these deals, leverage with loans, cash? Tell, tell me a little bit of how you structure your deals. Yeah. So, um, as you alluded to, it is it is sort of the wild west as compared to your typical multifamily deal, right? Um, there is no Fannie Mae, there's no Freddie Mac, you know, there's no institutional non-recourse, sign it up and forget it type deal. So, um, so typically, right, we are probably leveraged around the seventy percent mark, sixty-five to seventy percent is is what we're leveraging most of the time. Um, the sources of those debt varies. Uh, I've got a credit union. I've got local banks. I've got um, another fund to fund, a debt fund. I've got uh, a private equity company, um, CNBS, SBA. So you've got to be, you got to be pretty flexible. You got to be on your toes and you've got to be always moving and shopping and thinking on the debt side of it. Um, Cause it's, it is a non-conforming asset for the most part. It is relatively new to most lenders that is changing quickly. It's getting yeah. better, but, at this point, it's it has a lot to do with your reputation, salesmanship. You know, being able to show a portfolio of success um, is a big thing. And I would add, we talk about like as sponsors, skin in the game. And um, for for RV parks, like typically, I'm still personally guaranteeing. You know, me and Jeremy are personally guaranteeing the debt on these parks. And so, um, talk about skin in the game when you've got. Oh yeah. $40 million yeah. worth of debt. So <laughs> yeah, it's a big responsibility. Uh, yeah. So now just so if you're a listener, if the, if the listeners out there listening to you, what's your advice? Do they want to get into um, investing into RV parks or they want to be active investors or they don't want to be sure. active. They want to be passive. Uh, give me a little bit of feedback on what your opinion is about being active or being yeah. just, just being quiet investor investing with you and your company. Uh, give me a little bit of feedback yeah. on that. Yeah, of course. Well, I'd love to shamelessly pitch, you know, us and our fund, Climb sure. Capital and the Campfire Fund. So that's for your your limited partner. Don't want to be active. Don't want the hassle and stuff. So I'd love to talk to you about that um, or, or, you know, start that conversation. For the active investor, I would say you, you kind of have two options, essentially, if you want to get an RV park. And... 
and to be able to do it, you you probably have to buy your first park and owner operate it, live at the park for your first park, um, or you will have to joint venture partner with someone else who has that experience. Um, and that that is both from just a purely experience level to be able to execute and you will be very hard pressed to find any lender or debt that will give it to you if you're not 100% in as the owner operator. Um, and then thirdly, we talked about this a little bit pre, pre-show, one of the huge barrier to entries into RV Park Investing is that there's little to no third-party management options. So your apartment complex, you can go hire someone, hire a company, they run it, you pay the fees and bill. Um, that doesn't exist for RV Park's data from a doable scale. So you either have to run it yourself or have your own property management company to run it. Got it. Is there a, a minimal pad amount that you, you stay away from? Like for example, Austin, SCR apartment capital, I need to have enough doors that could cover my full-time manager and my full-time maintenance man. If I can't cover that, I, uh, I might still buy the asset, but it'll be a quick flip. It won't be something I want to hold on to. Um, do you underwrite that way in your business or? Yep, exactly. We we had the exact same principle with our apartments and we just applied it to RV parks. So the, the site count is entirely based off the revenue. Do I have enough revenue to have full-time payroll? Okay. Yeah, that makes but sense. To put a number to it, typically that's in the very similar apartments, actually. That's typically in the 75 to 100 unit plus, okay. site plus. If, um, if I want to invest with you, what is my typical average return or expectations and what is the minimal amount that I could invest with you and your company? Just so I want the listeners to know that. Yeah. So the fund itself has, um, it's 50,000 is the minimum. You must be accredited for this fund. Specifically, we do have some other things that are uh, open to not accredited, but credit only. Uh, we actually have two return structures. You can pr- pick a 11% preferred return, and that's the top of the capital stack. Um, and you get the first 11% and then it's capped off. So the returns on that are pretty easy. It's 11%. Um, then the, uh, the second option that has equity built in that, that is for us, we target 15 to 20% IRR for the fund. Um, traditionally we've done well, better, well, much better than that on all the assets we went full cycle on, but that's what we'd like the expectation to be. What, what, what do you consider a full cycle? Uh, buy it. I mean, sorry, buy it, run it, sell it. So full cycles when we when we've sold it. So your, does your fund have a, a three, or five year, or ten year exit? We're a five year exit. Five year for exit. This fund. Got it. Got it. Yep. Is there a, a refinance um, cash out in that five year for investors to get some maybe some portion? I know in our world of multifamilies, we we want to increase value at some point, take out capital, get some money back to investors, get the higher yeah. higher. Is that, is that the yeah. same way your business model works? Yes. So in regards to the, to the refinance and return capital, um, for the fund, we, uh, we, will in, in, we will buy some short-term flips, RV parks inside of there, and then we will refinance them. And so in that first three years, we have the option to reinvest that capital to buy more parks. Um, after the three-year mark, once we begin to refinance or sell, then that's return of capital back to you. So my entire goal is to make sure that, you know, at the five-year mark, I've returned all the capital back to the investors. That does not necessarily mean that we, hopefully we still own a bunch of assets that are now perpetual returns for us. 
And so very similar model to what you, you, what you mentioned. Robert, um, it's been, I mean, you've given me a, a crash course about uh, RV parts. I, I love it. It's awesome. I'm really excited about it. Um, if I, I would like to listeners to be able to, can you give your listeners, how can they reach you and uh, get sure. in touch with you? I will also drop a link of your company and uh, I'm sure okay. you're going to Yeah, no, thank you so much for hosting me and for everyone listening and hopefully provided some some entertainment and some answers. But uh, so our website is climbcapital.com c-l-i-m-b-c-a-p-i-t-a-l climbcapital.com and then uh, my email is robert at climbcapital.com you can find us in all the socials and all that other stuff robert thank you for sharing all your information with us man it's been a pleasure we'll be in touch thank you all right thank you thank you for listening to the real estate live podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode If you'd like to reach out to me, please go to my website, www.ablbiesteros.com.